Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And how you guys doing? Welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. That way you are notified if YouTube feels up to it when we have videos going out. Also, immediately after this, we will be on MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com or our Discord channel where we continue the show until about 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's a hoot over there, if you will. Today we will be talking about the Rock Machine and the Hells Angels and the famous Quebec Biker War. Back in the 90s, that in the Nordic uh, Biker War with their big topics. It was all crazy here in the United States, Canada. It was like something was put in the water back then because everything flared up in the 90s and specifically... 1994. That's when it all blew. Uh, I'd have to say worldwide, man. That was some kind of freaking year, let me tell you. Holy cow, man. It seemed like everybody was going after each other's throats uh, during that year. Uh, but this one specifically we're going to talk about. If you want to know about the Great Nordic Biker War, I got that uh, segment on our YouTube. Also, uh, Mom Boucher. We kind of did a background on him uh, because he was the one that led the Hells Angel Nomads in this war up in Canada. There was over 160-something murders, I believe, over a nine-year period. And in that previous video about Mom Boucher, we talked about he had his fingers and connections into a lot of bad stuff up there in Canada, especially the last... Jacksonville Massacre, uh, that is where the Hells Angels on one side massacred members on their other side because they were partying too much, where a guy like Mom Boucher wanted to be more business-like, that way he'd deal with some of the, the families up there. And, you know, it was a, we also got the Luxembourg uh, Purge uh, on our deal as well. Uh, and yes, I know this is old news for you ones. Clickbait! Clickbait! You, you guys are real idiots sometimes, man. You might want to watch the video. This is a history type of deal that we're trying to put out to people that don't know about this kind of stuff. Because you got people out there on these other channels freaking uh, preaching this or preaching that. Uh, most of them come from cop clubs, but anyway, and these people don't know the difference between what's real and what was not, who had to put the work in for that diamond, the whole nine yards, uh, so that's why we do these type of videos. What was interesting about the Quebec Biker War is that the two participants, or you know what, actually I can't say both of them uh, because Salvatore, he was uh, arrested, and that's what kicked everything off because he wasn't on the streets anymore. Uh, 
because him and Mom Boucher were a part of the same motorcycle club before the split, if you will. Boucher went with uh, the Hells Angels, uh, Salvador uh, Cazetta. He uh, formed the Rock Machine. Uh, I believe that was uh, 1985. Yeah, I think that's where it was, was 85. Uh, so, but the Lexonville massacre really played a big part on which direction they each went. Again, with Boucher, he went with the Hells Angels, but Salvatore, he said, no, man, I don't like how that went down. I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, all that kind of other stuff, all the, you know, the whole nine yards. But eventually, uh, he did become a Hells Angel later on after all this was done and over with because he had a lot of connections to a lot of the crime families and he was making some big money man and like i always say you know there's this was one chapter it wasn't a whole club uh that was doing stuff with the angels as far as the dope trade and stuff this is their one chapter that was going around doing this stuff uh but it does have an interesting footprint on the 1% scene, as well as the clubs, man, their reputations and stuff like that. Uh, you you got to admit, a lot of people live off of a club's past where what happened back then won't happen now, man. There's just too, too much technology for that, and that's what a lot of uh, naysayers don't understand is there's too much technology to be pulling crap. You're going to get caught right away. Uh, then, you know what, you got to deal with people ratting on each other and stuff like that. So it ain't like that anymore. But I did uh, find a decent deal on Salvatore uh, Gazetta because uh, a lot of people don't know him, man. And it, you got to know your history, uh, especially when you're in these type of clubs. Uh, the Rock Machine, they have a storied history, man. They stood up and, uh, you know, went to bat all the way against what they seen was a club that was an infringing on their deal. Uh, actually, the Rock Machine was made up of an alliance, meaning there is all different type of groups involved with this. They actually didn't wear uh, club patches. They wore rings. And you got to say, that's pretty damn smart, man, because nobody knew who the hell they were. Uh, but anyway, let's go and take a look at this. Uh, I found some of this stuff on uh, Wikipedia, and it looks like they had some good uh, contributors to this one. And again, you know, these sources, you know, might have something right, and it might have a lot wrong, you know, but I'm putting the sources that I'm using on these things in the description box, that way you guys can go and take a look for yourself, because basically with the time allotment in the first segment, I'm only able to skim stuff. Uh, so he was uh, a Canadian convicted of drug dealing with a long association with outlaw motorcycle gangs. Uh, 
Him and, uh, again, Mama Boucher were members of a small motorcycle gang, the SS, which was under consideration for an invite to join the Hells Angels. And when the Lennoxville Massacre took uh, place, the two friends made different choices. Which, you know what, when that massacre happened, you're saying, you know what, I'm about to join their organization. Why would I want to do that if they'd do it to their own people? Regrettably, uh, some of the old-time uh, rock machine, they tried patching over to the Banditos, and they were actually sponsored by the uh, Europeans, the Nordic countries, because uh, they were taking their cues from that Nordic Biker War stuff. See, everything's interconnected. That's that's one thing that's fascinating. It's uh, interconnected. And then you heard about uh, the massacre. We actually got that video out as well. Uh, you can learn about the, the Shedden Massacre uh, that had to do with some uh, ex-Rock uh, Machine members. Uh, so after the Lennoxville Massacre, those two took a very different path and what was funny was that none of this came to a head until 1994 when Cazetta went to prison Mom Boucher didn't make his move until he went to prison and that's showing you a lot about this guy uh, the way Mom Boucher thought about him because he didn't make a move until then. Uh, now, there's a guy named uh, Parker uh, that I guess was uh, that covers this stuff for them. Uh, Boucher could not strike against his former friend out of concern. The powerful uh, Quebec Mafia would intervene. Uh, he wrote that Boucher worked to rebuild his chapter ties with other chapters and the underworld groups. He wrote that Cazetta too forged alliances principally with the Banditos. Uh, we don't know how true that is. Again, uh, they do got some references from Paul Cherry. Uh, Paul Cherry is a reporter that covers a lot of the biker stuff up there. And this was uh, true crime author R.J. Parker. Uh, this killing uh, triggered distrust within the other elements of the Canadian's uh, underworld empire. Um that Lexonville uh, deal had a lot of far-reaching stuff like that. Uh, but let's go over to one percenter biker.com again. I uh, use them a lot. Uh, they got a lot of good stuff on there. Again, they're not 100% right on it. So you got to do the research yourself into some of these subjects because, again, I just gloss over them. I don't go through it real deep. Uh, it's just something for you to think about and hopefully you'll take the initiative and go learn on your own. Uh, so there were a number of outlaw clubs as well as other groups involved in this complex. Uh, you had the Ditos. Uh, I think that was overseas in, uh, again, Europe. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if they were getting the support from Texas, any of that. I don't think so. I think it was more like a European deal. Uh, then, of course, the Hells Angels. Uh, the Pilliter clan, and that was a Montreal crime family 
who joined forces with the Rock Machine. The Rock Machine, of course, uh, was started in 85 and also combined uh, forces to create the Alliance who worked together against the Hells Angels. It was all about the street game at that point of time, making the money and stuff. So you had all these different type of organizations that formed the Alliance. And they went up against the Hells Angels. And you had the freaking uh, the mafias in there backing uh, the Alliance and stuff. That's why it went to a level of violence unseen. Well, besides the Great Nordic Biker War with the freaking anti-tank weapons and stuff. But this one, you know, I think it was 11 or 12 that were murdered over there in that war. Uh, 96, I believe. Uh, attempted murders, but here there was a over 160 freaking people, man. This stuff was going back and forth and back and forth until a little kid got killed. Uh, also, I have to put out something for you guys. In the previous uh, video, I was busting on Boucher because he raped a 16-year-old uh, because uh, she didn't want to have sex with him. I call him a pedophile, which by U.S. standards is damn dead on. Uh, but I guess uh, somebody said Canadians, uh, they have a consent law 16, which, hey, two different cultures. What might be one way here in the United States ain't that way everywhere. So, But I come from it from an American point of view, so give me a break. Uh he goes on to say the lead up and the motive, and I like how he uh, puts this all in to an index type of deal. Uh, 77, they opened a chapter in Quebec of the Hells Angels after the Popeye Motorcycle Club, the Popeyes, were patched over by the Hells Angels. And people, what you got to understand is why they have such a presence in Canada is because what they would do is patch clubs over left and right. They patched over so many clubs uh, when they first got there, especially after uh, the Popeyes went, that it's almost impossible to freaking have any other clubs around because they had done all patched them over. That's kind of something similar to what's happening in the United States right now on the East Coast. Uh, there's a club out there patching everybody over and handing out diamonds to every damn uh, club there is. And, you know, it's a sad state of affairs, and we all see what happens uh, when that kind of stuff goes on. Uh, it was 86, not uh, 85, that uh, uh, the Rock Machine were founded. Uh, there was multiple uh, motives, they're claiming, being that the Hells Angels were attempting to take hold of Quebec in the local drug trade. Uh, in 94 is when Salvatore Cazetta was arrested for attempting to import 11 tons of cocaine. It was that year that uh, Maurice Boucher was then said to have increased the Hells Angel pressure on the rock machine. Now, here is the timeline of events. Again, 1994 was something else, man. Uh, you know, it's funny when people talk about uh, MC stuff, they don't know their history and don't know how bad those 90s really were. Uh, anyway, the 14th of July, uh, 
Two, and again, these are 94. Two members of the club associated with the Hells Angels shoot and kill a rock machine associate inside a motorcycle shop. And then on the 19th October, Marisa Levy, age 32, uh, arrives home with the 22-year-old. Uh, Patrick calls uh, fires several shots in the car, killing uh, Maurice. Although his girlfriend is hit, she was able to... Uh, Exit the car, identify a guy. Uh, then in uh, 95 of August, this is what really set the general public off about this. These people were pissed when a remote control bomb uh, killed an 11-year-old boy. Yeah, that happened, man. That 11-year-old boy was killed. There's a picture of him right now. He was killed by uh, shrap metal when a Jeep was blown up uh, on the 9th of August. One thing, if you watched the Mom Boucher video, he was fancying himself after the Colombian cartels. He tried to mimic them about going after prosecutors, going after law enforcement. He was actually uh, convicted of killing two prison guards, which everybody knows, you start going after law enforcement, you're going to bring all types of heat on you. It's just the way it works. Uh, in 2001, they used Operation Springtime. They made 139 arrests that people believed to be associated with the Angels. And then in 2009, 156 arrests in the Dominican Republic, France, New Brunswick, Quebec as part of Operation Sharkic, uh, made up of 111 uh, Hells Angels and 45 associates. Uh, those arrests are alleged to solve 22 murders that happened between 92 and 2009. Uh, uh, some of them related to that Quebec biker war. Uh, then uh, it goes on and on like that. Uh, there are some books on here if you want to do some reading. That's R.J. Parker's Hell's Angels Biker War. And then the Biker Trials Bringing Down the Hell's Angels by Paul Cherry. Paul Cherry is a reliable source. He comes at it from all angles. It's them type of reporters that you actually want to go and read their material. Again, he covers it all the time. He is real in depth with this, uh, what happened during the war, the whole nine yards. So, Remember, this started off with two people that were friends in the same club, and they went different ways after that massacre. Interesting thing is this next article that happened in, what was it, February, I believe? And that was the killing of Johnny Plessio. Uh, he was born in 64. He was another founding member of the rock machine in the mid-80s. These were the real guys, okay? Uh, he became known for his storm on uh, tactics. Uh, Plessio was arrested in the summer of 93 on a charge of threatening a Montreal police officer. I told you, it's all different uh, ways of thinking up there, man. It really is. Uh and the trial was delayed until 94 of February. Uh, let's see here. Guy Martin, 
or Gary Martin was also the defendant, a witness in the case, Eric Tupin. He was a rat, I guess, after being arrested on drug charges. Uh, on June 18th, uh, him and a fellow Rock Machine member, uh, Robert Tout, uh, flew to Sweden to attend the Bandito's uh, memory run. That's where the connection started coming in between the Rock Machine and the Bandidos was in 97 uh, when he flew over there. Uh, he couldn't get in right away because they detained him, shipped him back into uh, Canada, but a month later, uh, July 14th, he went back in and they attended a bike show in Luxembourg and that's where they were seen with high-ranking members of the Banditos. It was kind of funny how they went there instead of the United States. Maybe, you know, they're, you know, them being French and stuff like that, maybe they're more comfortable going overseas. Uh, the, he was the one who was on point to try to get the rock machine to patch over to the banditos. Uh, but uh, he was riddled with 16 bullets in his home on September 8th. He was 34 years old. A burned car contained two machine guns was found in the neighborhood. They didn't play with Glocks back then, man. They didn't play with friggin' uh, little nines. They were out there with machine guns and stuff like that. Uh, then it talks a little bit about this one. Again, this is from uh, Paul Cherry in the Montreal uh, Gazette. Uh, they were talking about uh, the Rock Machine boss. Uh, this is a the revival of the Rock Machine uh, I believe it was, uh, what was it, 12, I don't know. It was uh, right at uh, 2008 or 2010, they finally got ex-members and stuff together to reform. And when most of them went to jail, Winnipeg took over Critical J. And next thing you know, everything went to hell because he went to jail and a lot of the U.S. charters followed him, not uh, Europe, and that's a whole different story. I should be do I should do a story on that as well. But that talked about uh, these guys right now. Uh, I guess it was 2013. Uh, but uh, Paul actually did another story on where are uh, Mom Boucher's boys? Where are the nomads now? Well, Mom Boucher is still doing uh, time in the joint. He'll never see the light of day, I don't think. Uh, this is a good article. I'm not going to read it or anything like that. No, it's in the description box. And it's going to talk about the, the major players during this deal, where they're at now, how their lives turned around, if they're still in prison. Uh, everything, man. Everything. It's a pretty good uh, read, so I really suggest you guys take a look at that. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, hard times, man. It was hard times in Canada. They got a totally different way of doing stuff that we wouldn't think of here in the United States. Like the Rock Machine, it was an alliance formed, and a lot of them didn't have motorcycles. And that was normal to them because that's what they were doing. That's their culture. That's was, you know, we're in this for this, not uh, this type of stuff. And I guess that could lead all the way back to the Lexonville purge because them guys that got killed in that charter were there to be bikers, were there to have fun, 
party, get wild, get drunk, get high. But instead, the other ones didn't like that because it was costing them money because a lot of the syndicates didn't like doing business with out-of-control bikers. So they were murdered from it. And what happened was a domino effect with that. Everything basically can be traced to that instance right there for the uh, the Quebec War. Again, you had two people that were from the same club that went different ways because of that incident. Boucher went there, then Salvatore went to the rock and went and formed the Rock Machine. It wasn't until Salvador went to prison in '94 that everything kicked off. Now, a lot of the remaining Rock Machine members from that era that didn't patch with the Banditos, they actually went Hell's Angels. There was actually a peace treaty that was. Uh, brokered by one of the crime families up there to get this out of the news. And they sat down and a lot of guys went over to the other side. That's something that's normal in a lot of countries. It might not be normal here in the United States, but it is very much normal up in Canada. It's like they go back and forth, back and forth. It's funny, when we... uh, did our deal on the shed and massacre there was a picture of multiple guys that patched over to the banditos that photo was taken at one time and then i guess three months later a lot of them patched over to the hell's angels so you got to keep this stuff in mind when something doesn't sound right to you you got to step back and say to yourself okay that's a whole different culture than what we're used to. Like, you got Israel, for example. Uh, I'd suggest go over and talk to Dibs in the Winds uh, channel. He does a lot of videos where he goes over to Israel, and people just party like it's, a going, it's, not, it's going out of style, man. And you would think in this part of the... Uh, the world where Muslims are killing Christian, Christians killing Muslims, Jews, the whole nine yards, they'd be going after each other. But that isn't the case with the motorcycle clubs over there. They all get along. They leave that stuff to where it needs to be. So very interesting stuff, very interesting cultures, uh, people talking to people that you never would have thought joining and jumping crews, all that stuff happens up there all the time. So we're going to go into the second segment of the show. Again, you can go to Discord and watch it live on camera, or you can go to MotorcycleMadHouseRadio.com, and you can listen to us over there, or on the Xeno app, download that sucker and just uh, put Motorcycle Madhouse Radio in there, and you can catch it. So with that, don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, share this video. Video, man, we appreciate it. I'll talk to you over on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm in the mood for something just a little bit wild. God. Now or never, here it comes. Take yourself on a journey into the unknown. Yeah! Are you ready? Attention. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. Party five! It's a good stop. I want to share something with you. 
You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio, WMMRDB Rockford. What's up, everyone? How you guys doing? Welcome to the second half of the show, uncensored, wild, and ready to go. Speaking of that, I got a wild-ass chick sitting right next to me right now. She can give a blowjob uh, like no other. She can suck the chrome off of a trailer hitch, and it's boy, oh boy, she'll make your freaking toes curl. It is freaking China now. Gee, I want a standing ovation for that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> that was an introduction, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Did you take your pills? Yes. All righty, but at least you're in a good mood now. See, China Doll's always in a good, in a good mood on the radio. Then she's a fucking bitch when you uh, get off the radio and stuff like that. I got her walking now, you know, taking my pit and stuff like that, walking. You know, walking doing a, my ass. Doing a little exercise. I run with her. Yes, you do. And it hurts. And, well, you know what? <laughs> you got to put the pain out of your freaking head because she runs, man. I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I wish I could do that. I haven't ran since high school. But she can giddy it up. Yes, I can. And, you know, getting you know getting in shape and stuff and, and then, toning out. And then I run and then I go, <coughs> I need a cigarette. <laughs> right. Well, it happens. It's tiring. It is. She likes running. Yeah, but she gets tired all day. I love it. I know, because then she leaves us alone. <laughs> well, you know, every time I bolt for that damn door, she looks at me like, where the fuck you going? <laughs> Why aren't you taking me? <laughs> right? <laughs> She's a spoiled brat, man. <laughs> it happens. Talking about funny stuff today. Funny stuff. What the hell happened to you <laughs> yesterday at work? What happened? Oh, my God. I th- This was a first. This was a first. All right. You're going to have to excuse my language. I'm going to have to use a word that I don't like using. And All right. So this guy, he comes, he, he pulls up. I'm outside having a cigarette with one of the customers, and we're just talking. And he pulls up, bang, like jamming to some, you know, OPP kind of thing, you know, hip-hop, all that. Bass bamming. He's jamming. He pulls up right in front of the door where we're at and goes, Hey, 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 what town am I in? What town am I in? I'm like, uh, Rockton? Uh, I, I, mind you, this guy's white. Just saying. This guy is white. One of them white boys trying to act black. Yeah, total. You gotta mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Hey, girl, hey, girl, come, come here a minute. Come here a minute. I'm like, uh no. And luckily a customer was walking in, which is a black guy, and he's a regular coming to get a pack of cigarettes. So I walked in with him. Making us look stupid, them white boys. And uh went behind the register and got this guy, the black guy, his cigarettes, because, you know, I know what everybody smokes that comes into my work. Then I see one of our firefighters, real big guy, he pulls in, and I look, and I'm like, okay. Then, the firefighter holds the door open for said white guy. Mind you, this white guy's got this big old grill on his top teeth. Now, what's a grill for people that don't know? <laughs> a cover that looks like silver across the front of oh his teeth. Oh, my God. Okay? And he's, like, his neck is all tatted, okay? 
That's pretty what much. What the fuck is wrong with Ted and Nick? Nothing. I'm just trying to explain what he looks like, and he's not a small guy. You he's don't like, put me in the same category. Not with this guy. Oh hell no. Nah. So, I'm standing there, and I'm like, um, this ain't gonna end while talking to the black guy. His name's Mike. Talking to Mike, and uh, the firefighter holds the door open for said white dude that thinks he's black, and he go. The guy we lo- call him Wiggers. Yeah, he's a Wigger. Well, he looks over to the firefighter and guys, hey, what you doing holding the door open for a nigga? And I'm like, oh, damn. Said this to the firefighter. Firefighter looks at him and goes, dude, you as white as I am. (laughs) (laughs) So he walks in, heads towards the register where Mike is, which is a black guy. Let me reiterate. Firefighter's getting his pop. Then he stands over by the cappuccino machine, and I look over at him, and I'm like, lip mouth, and I pull my mask down, and I'm like, dude, don't leave. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not. Comes up. She to never th- calls me for the good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, this 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 Wigger dude. We're just gonna call him Wigger. Wigger. He comes comes and he's talking to the black guy Mike, and he goes, Hey, what's up, my nigga? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit. Said this to the black guy. Said this to the black guy. What's up, my nigga? I Latin King, man. I'm from Cabrini Green. Dude! That place been burnt down and gone for like 20 years. How old was this guy? How do you look? If I had to do a guesstimate on his age, I would say about 35. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't grow up in uh, the greens. (laughs) So, black guy looks at him, Mike's looking at him, and he's like, Man, you need to slow your roll. And we're talking, this black guy's a proper, well-dressed black guy. Mm-hmm. He ain't he ain't no hood guy, nothing. Oh, he man, is, you're going to get freaking called the racist I for that care, one. I don't care, but he's not. He's a very proper guy. Very respectful. And he looks at me, and he's like, I don't, I don't know about this. And he, So the guy's like, so what's up, my nigga? What's up, my nigga? And he's pushing on the black guy, and I'm like, oh, god damn, this ain't going to end well. Something's going to go down right in front of my register. And he's like, dude, slow your roll. He goes, hey, girl, hey, girl, I need me some blunts. I don't care what kind, just pick me out one. Your choice, your choice. And he's going around saying he's a king, huh? He's saying he a Latin king from Cabrini Green. I feel for the kings, man, having that representing them. And I was so tempted because I was in Discord, too. And Gio was on there, and I'm like, man, Gio would get a kick out of this shit. (laughs) Man, no, Gio just said there was no kings ever or wasn't the greens. I already know. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like... I don't know which way this is gonna go, cause he kept just going up to this to Mike, who is black, calling him his nigga, the whole time. Was he calling him nigger or nigga? Um, it started out as nigger, uh, uh-huh. and then he switched his role and went nigga. So, why didn't that black dude just whoop his ass? The <laughs> black guy just said he's like, I'm just trying to defuse the situation. So the black guy paid for his blunts, which was a whole dollar eight. Uh. Uh-huh. And goes, here you go, man, here you go. Trying to get him to leave the store, basically. And he's like, oh, I got to get me some shit on my link. What's a link? Food stamps. Oh, okay. (laughs) He goes, I got to get me some shit on my link card. Goes back and gets two Venoms, which my... And he was proud of this. Oh, yeah, he was so proud. 
And these things are like not these venoms are energy drinks, ninety nine cents a piece. Like he needed any more energy drinks. Oh no. Puts them up on the counter and he's sitting there still talking to this black guy Mike and he's like so what you doing around here, my nigga? I'm from freaking Cabrini Green. I'm a land kick. Still talking about it. like, And I'm looking, and I'm like, dude, I hope your grill pops out of your mouth or something. <laughs> this shit's getting crazy. Still pushing on him like his shit ain't, like he's he's nothing. Like he, right. pushing on him. He's like, dude, let me get that for you. He, and he's like, let me shake on this. He's like, hey, man, no, no, no. Didn't want to, didn't want him to touch him, but it's okay. You for, imagine if a real king like I'm from like, Stone Park came up sakes. and him motherfucker, dude. I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna how this is gonna end. And the firefighter man, he lifting his mask, sipping out of his soda, laughing over there in the corner, just watching. He's just like shaking his head, like what the hell is going on? And so the guy, the black guy, paid also for his drinks. He just goes, to get him out of he there. He goes, dude, save your link. Save your link. <laughs> just to get the guy out of just there. Just to get him out of there. And then he's outside. He pays and he goes, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I just don't understand why y'all being so nice to this nigger. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And this guy's 35, you're thinking? Uh, yeah, and what white. The whiter f- than me, okay? He is white. What the? You know what gives white boys a bad fucking name, man? But he was talking He all giving the kinds. kings a bad name, And man. we're just like, and he flashing up gang signs and everything, and I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, I would have labeled him. He fi- finally goes outside, and we're watching out the window right by the register because he's parked, like, right there. He out there, like, talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's outside. The only other two customers are inside with me. <laughs> and he all, you can see him throwing signs up and shit. And I don't know if he's throwing them up at people driving by or what. But I'm just like, oh my God. And finally, he cops a U turn and goes, you know, cruising real slow past the window. And I'm just like, oh shit. You know what? I had a lot of buddies. Uh... <coughs> When I was in uh, the club that were Stone Park Kings, because I did a lot of hanging around in Mannheim Road, and uh, my father owned that bar, and them boys would have murdered them. They would have killed them, man. Chapone and all them boys with the... <laughs> so the Better fuck him up. The black guy, Mike, he's like, I was just trying to defuse the situation and get him out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. And he's like, y'all have a blessed day. And he left. And then the firefighter comes over and he pulls his mask down. He goes, what the fuck just happened? What happened here? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. And that's when he told me, because I couldn't hear what he said when the firefighter held the door open for him. And he's like, that's when he told me. He's like, like, you believe what he told me when I held the door open? I'm like, no, I couldn't hear him. And he's like, motherfucker told me, why you holding the door open for a nigger like me? And I'm like... He's like, I go, what'd you say? He goes, I told him he is whiter than I am. <laughs> I'm like, damn. He goes, no ass, what are the kings? That's Latin kings. Uh, they're all over there, uh, real big in New York, but they're huge in Chicago and stuff like that. Real good guys, man, especially Stone Park boys. But I was just like, what the hell just happened? And the, me and the firefighter were just dying laughing because he looks at me and he's, he's like, because we never said anything the about The firefighter was at awe? He was just like, what the hell? He goes, I've seen it all now. 
<laughs> he goes, I mean, I've seen some shit because he does stuff on like the you know the bad sides of like rock rockford and mm-hmm. stuff you know so he's out he goes out there a lot but he said he ain't seen nothing like this because if he's out in the bad side of rockford it is all black people you like know. donna said man maybe he needed some of your meds or something that bipolar <laughs> motherfucker i don't know but it was hilarious i was like oh my god what is this world so the firefighter to? was in there i wonder what if one of the small town cops were in there what the fuck would have happened I don't think the dude would have came in if the cops were in there, just saying. No? No, I don't think he would have came in. So is that like the funniest thing you've ever seen in there, man? Because we were watching that gas station encounters. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was funny shit, man. Gas station encounters on YouTube. Oh my god, I love that. I love that. It was that. funny. I want to go to that gas station just to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so what other weird shit have you seen at the gas station? <laughs> Oh my! I oh, freaking! What was it? I think it was Monday night. I seen two bitches getting a fight in the parking lot. Two bitches got in a fight in the parking lot. Why didn't you film it for me? Because <laughs> uh, I was laughing too hard. Because I mean, they they were like pushing on each other, and I don't know what the hell they were yelling about. But I'm I'm just like, man, I want to go outside right now. <laughs> were they trying to throw hands? They were trying to throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> they were. But it's, I think they were fighting over some dude because it, it looked like it from the in from the inside of the store. It looked like one of those "Why you with my man?" kind of things going on because you can see the heads going and they're. Why is like, everybody the sit fuck? there and talk with them? Uh, you know what I'm like? Dude, you, just dude hit just that motherfucker. Knocked a bitch out. Whatever. Get I'm over it. I'm telling you, man. But it's like I I've seen a lot of entertaining thing, but last night was just the the top. Did of it the take cake. the cake? Oh my god. It was hilarious. Maybe you should do that, man. Like a gas station encounter. Or start recording people as they come in. Record them and say, you know what? You're a schlock. I'm like, what the hell? So why don't you call me when this fun shit's happening? I wasn't worried about it. I had a firefighter in there. He a big boy. I don't care. (laughs) I'd like to see this. You would have been like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, dude, I'd have got in that ass. (laughs) I just didn't want shit going down right in front of my register. Luckily, the guy, Mike, that comes in there, he, he's, yeah. You should have filmed it. That way I could have, you know, passed it around the Kings. <laughs> I would have been. I should have. <laughs> I would have, man. I would have got a hold of some of the boys and just passed it around, man. Be like, this mofo's claiming Latin King, and he's throwing up gang signs, and I'm like, how many different gang signs did you just throw up, dude? Cause, <laughs> I don't know. He, like, threw up three different things, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, he was probably fucking hyped out on meth or some shit like that, man. I uh, no, but he didn't know where the hell he was, so... Anyway, we're going to go to our uh, first uh, music break, then we're going to come back and talk about some serious subjects, interracial marriage, and later on, Scientology.
once in a while, we just have to say it. Focus. That's what I was thinking. Focus. Whatever. People do vote for radio stations. Radio stations. If you want modern rock. WMMR DB Rockford. Oh yeah, back right there, man. That was some awesome stuff. Now we're going to go into a subject that might be uncomfortable for some of our listeners. And that is interracial marriage. (laughs) Interracial. And there's no N in that. There's no N in that. Well, you know, you know how I do things, man. Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, right now, and it does make people uncomfortable, and I can't believe I'm having this story let uh, you know, come in behind your story. Uh, <laughs> it kind of makes me sound like I freaking set this whole show up that way, man. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> so, interracial marriages, man, that's, uh, well, you know, if people don't know what that is, something, you know, they're they're, just, something's yeah, wrong with they, them. They need to, uh, yeah. That's different races intermarrying and stuff like that. Now, you know, there's a funny thing about myself. I grew up in the Latino neighborhood and stuff, and uh, I love the Latinas. Uh, I'm immersed in their culture and stuff. I love lowriders. You know what? I just think Hispanics are real hard-working people, and they got a lot in common with uh, us white boys. And and it goes to uh, the history, I guess you can say that. Uh, But there are a lot of downs, if you know what I mean, about interracial marriages. And there was this article that I was taking a look at. Uh, and it really is not, you know what, a Hispanic uh, white thing, that's normal. That's like That makes up like 40% of uh, the interracial. I don't even consider it interracial type of deal with Hispanics and whites. Uh, but when it comes to whites with blacks or Hispanics with blacks or Asians with blacks, and I'm not trying to be a dick, uh, but it does raise some eyebrows even till to this day. Oh, yeah, it does. That's 100%. Especially when, okay, you'll see, let's see, a white girl with a black guy. Well, who gets pissed the most? The black chicks. Right. <laughs> Why do you think that there's such a divide? Why you got to take our men? No, but why do you think there's such a divide in the way people look at different, how it's looked at differently? You know, I have no idea, to be honest with you, because you can't control where your heart goes, so Mm -hmm. I don't, I I don't, you know, and I've said it, I don't know how many times, I treat everybody equally, because that's how I am. Right. But I don't see anything wrong with whoever you're with. I mean, that's your choice. You have a choice. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are people that have their opinion where they're 100% against interracial, no matter what race. Well, I guess it's, uh, it depends on what era you were born, what generation you are. It has a lot to do with how you were brought up. Or the neighborhoods you came from. That too. You know, that has a big bearing 
on the way you think is what kind of neighborhood you came from. Well, like you, you grew up with a bunch of Hispanics. Yeah. You're married to a white chick. Whatever. You fucked up. Yeah, but up. I had I had you a bunch of Latina up. girlfriends too and I fucked <laughs> up. You you know what? I always said if I didn't marry you, you'd be married to a Latino. I'd be married to a Latino. Bye. Because that's who I'm comfortable with. You're an asshole. Latinos, at least you know they're going to kick your ass for a reason. You you bipolar freaking American bitches. <laughs> you just go nuts, man. At least you know what you're getting with them. Well, go you, get you, one. You piss off a Latina chick, man, especially a cholo, you're getting your ass whooped. She's going to whoop your ass in the next year. She ain't going to even sit there and talk to you. you know, she's going to grab a frying pan and whoop you. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew that. You already know it's coming. Yeah, we already knew that. Don't fuck with her. She will. They literally cut your fucking throat in the middle of the night. You know, my second mother Anna, man, not a. You know, she didn't speak a lick of English, but we knew. We knew we getting our asses whooped. Mm-hmm. And so did her old man. He fucked up. Oh my god! You'd hear her screaming in Spanish and whooping on his ass. And that woman had the longest fingernails in the world. <laughs> you piss her off, the first thing she does is grabs hold of you with her freaking nails. Oh, yeah. Oh, you used to tell yeah. me that one. She told me something about one time when you said something that you probably shouldn't have said. Yes. And she stuck her nails into your, like, shoulder. How long were her nails? Up. Oh, my God. Okay. My nails are, like, a normal average length nails. This woman's nails were, like, an inch and a half long. <laughs> They were long. Yeah. And she's all about... Dude, you know how many times that were dug into me? <gasps> yeah, because you fucked up, and she just came at you with that. Not a lick of English, but we, I knew damn well my ass was in trouble. You were getting your ass kicked. And you know what? That's one thing about uh, the Latino women that I... You know I, you know what? I, I worship them. They're the best fucking on the... You know, beside you. Yeah, whatever. Throw that in there just to save face. Yes. Liar. But they're so family orientated, and they, in the neighborhood, they would always take care of us. You know, I came from a drunk father, mm. and when something came, you know, she heard something go down, she grabbed, uh, what is that thing where you make the bread? You roll the bread, what is that? A rolling pin? She knocked the fuck out of him with that thing. <laughs> Who, your dad? Yeah, she knocked the fuck out of him. <laughs> you don't mess with Jamie, because she used to call me Jamie. <laughs> Sorry, so anytime, I can totally envision her doing it right now. So anytime, I, you know, because I used to eat with her all the time, sit down with her, and, uh, you know, because one of my best friends was her son. And we were at, if I wasn't at dinner with her, she'd be pissed off and slap me. Yeah, so you'd have to eat dinner with her and then go home. You're damn right. <laughs> go home and have dinner. <laughs> or if something, see in the neighborhood, if you screwed up, everybody whooped your ass. Mm-hmm. And then they would send you back to your parents to get your ass whooped again. You got a twofer. So it was a different <laughs> culture for me because I grew up in it. Now, on the other side of the town, uh, you know, if you ever, you know, if you read the book Brotherhood and Betrayal, you know how young I was uh, started up. And we didn't get along with the other side whatsoever. (laughs) Whatsoever. And I guess it put biases in my mind that I'll never be able to get over. 
because I lived there, you know, with that stuff. And like Gio just said, yeah, the older generation is like that, where to be me, where the youngers ain't. So do you have issues with interracial? If it's white uh, with Latinos, no. If it's white with Asians, no. Uh, but there are freaking, uh, I would have an issue with white and black. Because that's where I come from. If you ever said my daughter, I'd, I'd kill you all. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be a racist prick. It's just my It's the way upbringing. you were brought up. Right. In our neighborhood, that wasn't happening. Now you see it everywhere. Right. And I don't, you know what, to each their own. But I can't sit here and be honest and say that I'd be for something like that. Right. You know, because you got to remember, we had guys that were getting killed. Their guys were getting killed. Our guys were going the joint. There were, the best way I can explain it is the way things work in prison. Everybody stays in their own fucking corner. You know what I mean? They stay with their own groups. You stay with your own tribe. Uh, but a lot of people say, hey, Hollywood, I told you you're racist. You don't believe in that. Uh, quite frankly, no. You know, that's not the way I was taught or raised. So which which tribe would you be with? What do you mean? The white boys or the Mexicans? <laughs> well, the white where we're from, white boys and uh, Latinos all got all, you know, we were all like in the same deal. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, the Simon City Royals, uh, yeah, was a white thing, but we have a lot of Hispanics in that shit too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all intermingled with that type of stuff. Where if you go on the south side, you know, it's mostly blacks. Mm-hmm. So north side, south side never got along. Never. And that's just where you you can't change old habits. Okay, so which do you find, and I don't know, is this, is this the right way to put it? Probably not, so I'm going to probably be called racist. Disturbing. Which do you find more disturbing? A white female with a black guy or a white guy with a black girl? I say to each their own. But if you see it in public, do you say something? Do you look and be like, hmm? No, I don't. That stuff don't affect me. I'm just talking about personal taste if it had to do with my daughter. <laughs> that shit wouldn't happen. Dude to come out missing. <laughs> You're terrible. I'm, at least I'm being honest, but what other people do is what they do. Our daughter has such high freaking standards, I, I don't <laughs> She might be single for quite a while. <laughs> well, that's good. She don't need to get married. She has to get her career going. I know, but I want to be. But, uh, I, I want more their, grandbabies. To, to each their own is what I say. Do what you got to do to make you happy. It's just, you know what? The younger guys coming in, they're all... Like, I think the look on your face was freaking priceless. Because our son, he jokes around a lot. He's a freaking comedian. He keeps us laughing. And he looked at you one day and goes, Hey, Dad, one of these days I'm going to have a black Asian baby. <laughs> and you looked at him and you're like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, that's my goal. 
Well, you know what? People are... I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> they're misconstruing what I said. It's not that I hate blacks. No, you don't. You don't hate them. It's just not what you grew up with. It's just not what I'm used to and not what I'm used to dealing with because well, I that... came from the 80s, man. And, I, you know, that's the time period I grew up. It was a different time. But now, thankfully, things are changing. Well, that's like where I grew up. I grew up in Schomburg. Mm. It's like... 90% it was back then I don't know what it is now but back then when I was growing up it was like 90% white mm. so it's like to have that one random black guy on our bus right <laughs> it was always just that one random black guy mm. or that the one well you know what I believe I mean, honesty is the best thing uh, you know because a lot of I think there's a divide in this country right now because you got one side calling everybody a racist and then you got uh, white supremacists, white supremacists, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Gio said, a lot of the younger ones are starting to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I treat everybody the same. And if somebody pisses me off, I don't care if they're white, black, Mexican. I don't care. I'm not going to hate that, uh, hate the whole race because that one specific person pissed me off. Well, you shouldn't judge them on that whole deal. But see, that's the thing, though, is like, that's what it seems like that's what the the media is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Make everybody hate specific races. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, that's kind of stupid because, well, okay, Mr. Media guy or girl, what did they do to you? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you get, you know, screwed over as a kid by somebody that wasn't of your race? Right. And now you're just, like, going gung-ho and all balls in to, like, defend specific people? Mm. I don't know. No, I don't believe in the hardcore actual racists that fuck with people. I don't believe in that shit. Uh, But the article says challenges you may face... Is derogatory comments in public. Have you ever heard of that? Or Yeah. I've heard it a lot. Especially with... Because you're in a gas station. Espe- well, because I've seen a lot of couples that come into the gas station and it's usually a white girl with a black guy. Mm. And, like, after they would leave, the one of the customers would be like, well, can't she date in her own race? And it was it an older one or a uh, middle-aged? They were older. Like an older, like an older man or an older woman, like, and they come from but, a different time period. And they, they would be, uh, can't she? And, and it would always be based on the white girl. It would they wouldn't say anything about the black guy dating in his own race. Mm-hmm. It would always be about the white girl. Why can't she find one in her own race? Find her own kind. So that's what they probably face a lot. Then. Oh my God! Probably every day. Even in 2021. Yeah. Well, my cousin. She didn't marry a black man, but she had a child with a black man. Right. And our whole family was like, she has an interracial baby. Mm. I'm sorry, but her daughter is adorable. Her daughter's beautiful. Mm. She's and she's the sweetest girl ever. She's a year or two, a year or two younger than our daughter. Right. She's a gorgeous girl. She. I'm sorry, people, but children do not ask to be brought into this world, as my kids tell me on a daily basis. Right. <laughs> we did not ask to be here. <laughs> it, it, You know, it happens. 
but well, I think a lot I, of family I, members, even her own brother, in the beginning, when he found out, you know, that she was pregnant, my cousin was pregnant, that he wouldn't speak to her mm. because you should be with your own kind, as he would put it. So it comes from family, too. Oh, yeah. You get it from all ends. So I'm sure people that are interracial dating, you know, in the beginning, you know, until maybe until your family gets to know the person or whatever, I'm sure you get shit from, you know, people would get shit from their family, too. Mm. You know, it's it's not just the outside world. It can even be happening under your own roof. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think it's uh, that it happened more depending on... Uh, where your family's from yeah. and what they're used to. Right. See, in the 80s, it wasn't acceptable. It was just starting. That shit was mean in the 80s. Well, and it's like not even just interracial. In the 90s. Not even just interracial, but your grandma got shit. Oh, yeah. She was 100% Italian and married 100% German. Oh, my God, did my grandma get some shit, And did she or did she not pretty much get disowned by her family? She got disowned. With the Italians, she didn't For not marrying an Italian. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not an interracial. Yeah, it is. It's international. It's it's a nationality thing, Mm. you know, because your grandma and your grandpa were both white, but... There's an issue right there, too. So some people might do it not because of the color of their skin, but do it because of a nationality thing. Right. Because your, your grandma used to say all the time how, you know, her family basically cut her off because she married, her, you know, your grandpa. And she used to talk about it all the time. Yeah. So it's like even way back then. Back then, you're looking in the the 20s. <laughs> The 1920s, it was a whole different culture back then. But you know, but it was, you didn't do that shit. But it was frowned upon, like with your well, grandma. Well, it still is with Italians. If you don't marry another Italian, it's it's still fucked up, man. It still can get bad. Well, and that's just like with some uh, s- some countries, they do you know prearranged marriages. You don't get your choice. Your family arranges your marriage. Well, yeah, that's so, old school, but I'm you but know it, you brought up my grandma, yeah. But your grandma got a lot of shit. Oh, because yeah. she married a German. Yeah. And I don't know, I thought and my great uncle, dude, you know what he's a yeah, anyway. But I mean that I mean that's kind of the same situation. And that was all based with your with your grandma and your grandpa. It was all family that yeah, was causing the problem. It was family. It wasn't outside people because if you see your grandma and your grandpa when you would see them together, you could totally tell your grandma was freaking Italian. <laughs> 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 totally tell. Under five foot. Mm-hmm. Don't piss her That's off. That's where our daughter got cursed. Yeah, don't piss off. Never piss off your grandma. Holy fuck. I did not know Italian, but let me tell you, I learned a lot of swear words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's another challenge that you're going to face is loss of contact with friends or family that disapprove. Yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. where the disown shit comes in. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's little, you know, stuff like that. And it, I mean, that kind of shit's frowned, you know, people frowned upon that back then. People, you know, the older people that are older than us frown on, you know, black and white dating. You don't hear, I mean, I don't hear people because we have, I have a cust- customers that come in, they're regulars, and it's a white girl and a Hispanic guy. Never hear customers say anything about them. Never. Mm. Well, that's, I don't know, man, Anna, man, she didn't like you at first because you were white. 
and you know she was wondering why I didn't marry a Latino. <laughs> yeah, it took a while for her to warm up to me. A little bit. A lot of bit. I think. <laughs> I think to the day she passed, she still didn't like me. So, I tried. Yeah, I tried. You do got a bubbly personality. It's just sometimes you. It's because it's because I wasn't Latino. <laughs> And she'd yell at you about it, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was my cue to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> she was But not. there are families that uh, disown people over this kind oh, yeah. of stuff. For real. It happens a lot down south. Mm. You know, where my aunt is, Mississippi and stuff like that. Well, your aunt, what, where your aunt is, they still have segregation, for Christ's sakes. They do. <laughs> it ain't no lie. They do. They seriously do. Your aunt would tell you, don't go down that road. Right. <laughs> now, you also, the other challenges you're going to face is negative comments online or in the media. Oh, definitely. Online. Welcome to Hollywood's world. I get called a cocksucker all the time. Every day I got somebody doing dumb shit. You get called a racist like to, like, oh like, my goodness. like it's second language there. It's, you know, you should include that in your name title. Right. <laughs> James Hollywood Machikari racist. I don't know because that's what you get called every day. <laughs> <laughs> what type of negative stereotyping you think people face? Everything's always based about the color of the skin. And... and Oh, you can't date you can't date uh you can't date a black man because because they're violent. Mm. They're violent. You can't date uh, a Hispanic cuz they're all in gangs. Mm. I mean, that's the kind of shit you hear. Yeah. And it's like uh, that's the furthest from the truth. I know, but that's the, that's what you hear. Mm. And it's like then you okay, then this is funny. You get the the black women that get pissed off at the white women because you're taking all our men. Well, I don't know what to tell you there. You know what? Geo just brought up a good point, and people don't know this. It's a fact. Chicago is still segregated. Oh, yeah. It's segregated, people. Mm-hmm. It was actually designed that way by the first Richard Daly. South side, west side, you got all blacks. And the north side, you got uh, Latinos and stuff, whites. Uh, Latinos are going uh, in the south side now, too, though. They're getting a big uh, presence down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that uh, a lot of people don't know is Hispanics have a lot of animosity towards blacks. You know? Uh, well, hope and hostility and intimidation. That's another challenge that... Uh, uh, interracial couple might face. Now people get angry about it. They get angry just like we've been saying because they don't stay with their, as air quoted, own kind. Uh huh. I mean, that's I I've heard that a lot. People, why can't people just date their own kind? Okay, what do you consider somebody's own kind? Hmm. Well, with the Italians, it was preserving bloodlines. Right. You know, that was really important to Italians. And it's really important to a lot of races to uh, preserve that bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know what? Human beings have been like that since the beginning. Rejection from family or being disinherited. 
My well, my your grandma, grandma was your grandma. That right there. That pisses it. me off, man. The family has all kinds of fucking vineyards in Naples still to this day, and I don't get a damn cut of any of it. That's no, bullshit. I'm sure your uncle has all of it. Yeah, he does. He <laughs> has control of it all. Uh huh. But yeah, they have vineyards and all that kind of stuff in Naples. And she, as soon as she married my grandfather, it was done. And and, and the the. The part that upset me about that whole ordeal with your grandma and her family and stuff is, like, when she passed, her own brother didn't even come. Nah, that's because he was, uh, yeah, anyway, he was told off. But I'm just saying, but, but I'm just saying, you know, because I know y'all fucking, you know, gave him a piece of your mind uh, probably numerous times. Oh, I have. But, you know, if something like that happens, you know, in your family, no matter what your differences are you would still feel like you should attend. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that. I mean, okay, my brothers and I and my mother and I, we don't get along, but if anything happened, I would attend. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's just me. I would, you know, put the differences aside, and I would still attend a funeral or whatever. Mm. But some people just, they don't, once you're disowned, you're, you're like, shunned. Kind of like the Amish. Right. They shun you. Well, something is interesting that just caught my eyes was there are big problems within an interracial marriage. And it all comes down the culture where they're actually hostile to each other in these kind of marriages. Because one culture thinks one way and the other thinks another and it brings problems to the table. Yeah, I could see that. I can really see that. Because one culture does things a specific way, and the other one does things a specific way, and then it kind of clashes. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I could see that. Right. That makes, a hundred, that makes a lot of sense. Interesting business here, man. Interesting business. Uh, here's some of the laws that were, you know, there's been some laws in the United States about this type of stuff. And it wasn't until 64, 1964, McLaughlin versus uh, Florida, where the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously rules that laws banning interracial rela- uh, relationships violate the 14th Amendment. Uh, it struck down Florida Statute 79805. And uh, then in 67... They overturned Pace versus Alabama, 1883, ruling uh, Lovin vs. Virginia. Uh, the state bans an interracial marriage violate the 14th Amendment. And uh, it, it wasn't until 2000 that Alabama, uh, they were the last state to uh, officially legalize interracial marriage. So there was laws back then where you get your ass pretty fucked up. You know, especially down south, man. It was a whole different uh, way of living down south. Uh, they would uh, fuck you up real good. Mm-hmm. So let's go into our next uh, music break. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, it just won't last. 
and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't get the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happened. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal. Oh yeah, if you read that book, man, you'll see a lot of what uh, I'm talking about from my point of view. Uh, Actually, uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Times, it's the Members Only Video Conference. Sunday at 7 p.m., it's the Members Only Live Stream with uh, call-ins and stuff like that. So you can give me uh, your thoughts and crap like that. Uh, One thing, though... Uh, very interesting in the chat room was hey Hollywood would you do this or you do that you know what white supremacists look at me like a race trader <laughs> they do <laughs> they, that's what what I don't get what, when people come at me like that it's like you know what they consider me a race trader you idiots because I like Latinas that's considered race trading if you're that hardcore white stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what a lot of people don't understand. So, you know, it comes from all sides of the uh, aisle. You know what I mean? I do. You know, but that was a very interesting story you started out with the show with. I couldn't believe that one. Yeah, that was entertaining for me as well. It was. And tonight, uh, with Rockin' with Hollywood, China Doll's going to be joining me. Yay! You know, what do we got coming up tonight? You've been looking at it all night. I guess you and your fellow Viper, Donna. <laughs> were co- you know what? Then that's another thing. My guys are getting fucking creamed in the Discord server, man. You women are just hardcore. 
You fucking all you you're taking balls and putting them in jars now. Yeah, that's Donna. That's Donna. You <laughs> she know, needs some more mason jars. <laughs> right? She's like castrating <laughs> all my guys. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> I don't know. I, I got I got uh, a request for um, uh, another sex quiz. They find them entertaining. Okay. Well, so we'll I, do found, one of them. I found a good one. Rock on. Uh, we'll continue tomorrow. I know I had Scientology in uh, the deal. Uh, we'll do that because I ran out of time today. But I do want to cover uh, one news story. Uh, Israel is now placing troops along the border with Gaza. It looks like they're about to go in there and whoop some ass, man. And, you know, I don't blame them a thousand fucking rockets being thrown at them. Uh, but anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. One thing about me is I'm not like the other mainstream media. I'm going to bring up topics that are going to make you think, that are going to piss you off. And, and, and the whole nine and, yards. And we watch the conversation in general. Yeah, I watch them. <laughs> but the thing is, until you bring up the hard stuff, people will never be able to debate. you got to bring up the hard stuff. And I think that's what makes our show different than everybody else on the radio. I really like watching uh, the general chat and watching everybody deba- debate amongst themselves. Especially, you know, I've, see- I've seen a little bit today. Yep, Hollywood did open up a can of worms. Yes, I did. And then, you know what? That's what's supposed to be done. Yeah. You know, you got to get into controversy and you got to put your own beliefs out as a show host and talk about yourself and talk about your quirks. Like me, I'm a two-pump chomp, eh? I'm a proud one. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll talk more about that tonight, you know. I get, you know what? As I got older, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, you got to make fun of yourself, and I think that's a lot what the world has to start doing is making fun of themselves, and that way they're not so fucking serious. Now nah, you got to take life, you know. Live live every day to its fullest extent, let me tell you. Because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Exactly. Put yourself out there. I mean, we. This, I mean, our, our whole Discord server is basically like a no-holds-barred kind of thing. You know, I, I may not join in a lot of the chat, but trust me, I read it. I might even be in there while you're talking and not say anything. Then all of a sudden, I'll come in with a comment and be like, damn. (laughs) It's like what I walk in on. But it's like free speech. Well, you know what, uh, Noel, just proud white boy. You're damn right I'm a proud white boy, but I'm also um, intercultural, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, from where I am from. You know, I say get brotherhood and uh, betrayal. You'll see a lot of the stuff that I talk about. I'm very open in that book. Yeah. You know, we're getting good reviews on the book on Amazon and nice uh, emails about it. And you got to be honest with your audience. You can't sit there and be fucking fake. And y'all got to stop reading my chapter first because it's not going to make sense (laughs) if you don't start from the beginning. Don't sit there and pat yourself on the back. I have had a few people send me messages saying that when they got the book, they read my chapter first. (laughs) It's not going to make any sense if you don't read the rest of the book. You'll be confused. Just saying. It happens. I think that, you know what, uh, we do got new uh, 
shipments into the books if they want them signed and stuff like that. You yes, get your do. autograph with your lips. She puts on uh, lipstick just to autograph the book and then... It's like, what the fuck, man? I have two special lipsticks just for the book. Maybe I should do a fingerprint or something from Hollywood. No, I think you should kiss the book. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for Thursday's Rockin' with Hollywood. Bye, guys.